This is Talking Tactics, the podcast that celebrates enrollment success one tactic at a time. The catch? The tactic had to be done with limited resources, either by a single person, a small but mighty team, limited time, or with a low budget. I'm your host, Diana Kibiltz, Strategy Director at Ology, and I'll be interviewing the most creative and resourceful folks across higher ed to break down a single tactic from idea to results so you can try them too. Are you ready? Let's talk tactics. Hello, hello, and welcome to Talking Tactics. I am your host, Day, and the episode I have for you today will be one of the most fulfilling for me yet. Why? Because when I was still working at a campus, one of the things that I tried to do every single year and failed was to eliminate the traditional 60-plus page printed view book. My guests today have managed to do just that at the University of Nottingham. They replaced the traditional prospectus, which is how they call it, with a sustainable and innovative micro-prospectus, no bigger than a business card. With this change, they saw a 96% reduction in cost, which is incredible, saved 72 tons of paper and over 18,000 kilograms of carbon dioxide, all while gaining the praise of prospects, parents, and peers. The two geniuses behind this idea are Nicola Anderton and Simon Fairbanks from the University of Nottingham. Nick is the Director of Digital and Marketing. She's been in higher ed since 2004, and her role is to transform the university's digital marketing capabilities. Simon is the Head of Student Recruitment Events. He's been in higher ed for 15 years at multiple campuses in the UK and agency side. He's also a published author, international speaker, and very involved with CASE. Nick, Simon, welcome. Hello. Uh, I am so excited about this episode. I had to throw in that, you know, I might say viewbook, but you'll say prospectus. Please <laughs> just say prospectus. I love how that sounds. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about this tactic. Can you take me back to when it all started and why this idea even came up? I'll jump in there. It was during the pandemic and it was a time when we were able to come together and a group of us got together to think about what open days might look like in the future and what could we do about this perennial problem of the prospectors being printed year on year. A bit like you, Day, mm -hmm. we were like that. Every year. Every, every single year. year. <laughs> and being quite a traditional university, it it felt it was more difficult for us. It felt that perhaps our audiences were a little bit more conservative, and particularly our parents. And so, yeah, the problem we were trying to solve is how do we take that leap? How do we move from something that's print and traditional to something that's actually much more suitable for um, a modern audience? I, I, I think a bit like both of you. I, I was in the sector for so long. I, I was frontline at, at um, big student recruitment fairs, at open days, and I was just handing out this enormous... Um, weighty tome that these poor poor 17 year olds and 18 year olds had to carry around and I think almost like the in-joke within the sector is we know that they don't quite work they don't quite work for our users because they're just heavy and they're quickly inaccurate after they're printed and we also know they're not quite good for for our staff because it's kind of like yeah very quickly trying to find an answer in something which is less informative than the website and we all know they're not good for the planet. So I think just for a very long time now, 
it seemed like an obvious move and it just required I guess a big university or, or, or a few universities to have the courage to take the plunge and sort of listen to the research and the times and not tradition and I think that really greatly informed the the move really. Yeah, I think that's that's what's really important here. We all kind of intuitively think, oh, this cannot be the way, right? I hope we do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but then we're bound we're bound by this. Uh, oh, our audiences expect it, and you know, there's always someone on camp. Like the the very moment when you have to make the leap, someone's like, oh my gosh, no, we can't, we can't, we can't do it. So I'm just so excited that you have. So talk to me about what what it turned into then like what was your idea you we all knew this big prospectus was not the way what did you come up with so in in the ideation session we actually I should mention here that there was a university that went without a prospectus before us and they just used a QR code on a piece of card like a seed card and we thought this was a great idea but as I said before our audience were quite traditional and we came up with this idea of a of a big prospectus in a little book. And we played with the ideas of size and shape. And so that's how we got to micro. And the thing that really helped us with that was bizarrely <laughs> a tag on a piece of luxury clothing. And the tag was fashion. <laughs> it was fashioned like a little book. And it told a nice story of how the, the designer had come up with the idea of this this piece of clothing and we loved this and we were kind of playing with it and we're saying oh if we could make this into like a mini micro prospectus and so we came up with the idea of it being micro and the idea of it being a book and and we felt that that would provide the link between the book of the prospectus and not having anything and it would provide something tangible for people to open and and also that kind of cute factor that kind of oh look how small it is Look at this little cute book. Who doesn't like little things? Absolutely. <laughs> and of course, the QR code is brilliant because suddenly you're linking the physical with the digital. And actually, the bigger picture behind all this was our transition to a more digital way of working and to be more uh, a modern marketing service, tracking leads, tracking data. And so it was just a massive win-win for us to kind of come up with this idea. And it was very exciting. It was a lovely moment to work on. Anything to add there, Simon? Yeah, I would just say, I think it's just this perfect balance of, we always champion the sustainability, but it's also that perfect balance of tangibility, as in like, it can be taken home, put in a bedroom on a coffee table, like a constant reminder of your university, but also it's quite desirable too. So not only can it be taken home, but it actually is, and people quite like owning it. And it can be attached to like a backpack and things, almost like a really funky uh, key ring. <laughs> Yeah. I, so the folks listening, let's describe this little micro prospectus so you can imagine it. Just do want to, Simon, I know you're an exceptional storyteller. Can you give us <laughs> a vivid, vivid description of the micro prospectus? Sure. So picture a kind of standard business card or I don't know, a, a playing card, a bit smaller than a playing card. And quite simply, it's eight, eight sides of paper. It has a, a cover that says this is the world's first micro prospectus. Then the second side simply says hello, a nice big welcome. And then it just talks about how I'll give you some lines. So this prospectus may be tiny, but it's making a huge difference. And then we talk about all the many sustainable advantages, like the CO2 we've saved, the amount of water that has been saved, because so much water is used in the production of, of, of paper and print. And then quite simply, it ends with the QR code. And, you know, join us, scan the QR code, 
and then you're you're onto our, our web pages where we capture details and we can signpost our audience much more effectively than if we were trying to like I don't know signpost them to a certain page in a massive book. Yeah. So this is actually like the the driving reason behind why I wanted to. Oh, that sounds so so brutal. <laughs> why I wanted to eliminate the the view book was that like I I kept thinking about all the paper, all the ink. And then the shipping, the boxes, and then we put them in our cars or we mail them and we take them everywhere and then they just get tossed. And I'm just like, this can't like the sustainability part of it was so important to me, but it it, it never beat the, I guess, the other perception of the value of this thing. But what I think is so interesting today is that our audiences actually really care about this. So I love that you put that right in, you know, you have four tiny pages and you devoted one entire page to this is how much we're saving in terms of CO2 and paper and trees. So I just, does that, is there a link there to one of your university's like priorities or strategic goals? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a huge priority for the university around sustainability and what we can do, you know, for our for our audiences, for our communities. But um, in terms of students, in terms of sort of your Gen Z classic student, that's really important to that generation, the planet, they really care about it. And also we found to their parents. So before we launched this, we did do some testing and we took the idea to one of the very early open days. And what blew me away was I mean, I literally went round and, and spoke to, to these people. I spoke to students. I spoke to prospective students. I spoke to our staff and I spoke to parents. And without exception, everyone was like, yeah, it's a complete waste. Absolutely. I totally get it. And, and it was almost like, why haven't we done this before? Because we got such, such buy-in. And um, conversely, <laughs> it, it was actually some of our internal um, audiences that were more fearful. And I, and I get it. Because if you're out in the stand and you've used your prospectus as a sales tool, for want of a better word, you know, you maybe read the text upside down and you flick through to the relevant page. It's a really useful tool. And so we did have to bring those people along with us and think about what else we would provide them with instead. So whether that was information digitally. So it wasn't just a case of throwing it out you know, the baby with the bathwater, we thought about the whole experience of whether it's an outbound event or an inbound event. And we spoke to the people that deliver those to understand what the pain points were and how we could best resolve them. And and that's kind of my, that's kind of more my side of the fence, isn't it? So the student recruitment folks, and like Nicola said, we weren't empty handed by any means. We were giving tablets so we could access the website and we can get to the right point super quickly now, just from like lots of experience of using that and answering questions. But also it is a privilege to be at a busy, bustling student recruitment fair in London where you're just, you just, n- you never get a moment's rest, but each and every one of those micro perspectives as you hand out, it always gets a smile. It gets like an appreciative raise of the eyes, eyebrow. And if there's a parent there, they, they very much love it too. That's fantastic. So you started talking a little bit about stakeholders and and your the step one of your implementation was doing a little a little research. Talk to me a little bit more about what that implementation looked like. So you started with focus grouping really, then you started gathering requirements from other stakeholders. What else? What was next? How did you make this happen? Um so we worked with an agency to kind of 
try and bring the concept to life. So, you know, we showed them the tag and said, can you make it look a bit like this? But can you make it a business card size? We wanted to kind of keep the cost down every uh, stage. And by choosing a business card size, that's a standard size. So it meant that other things fit and, and you could get those things easily. We also started to already at that stage extend the idea. So we thought about, as well as a traditional prospectus and UK universities, a department or a school or a course or a program might have its own brochure. And so we wanted to reduce that print as well. So we got these additional extra little tags that you could hook onto your prospectus to essentially personalize it. That's great. Oh, my gosh. It is like a key ring where the little pages are keys. I love it. Okay. Is it little Pokemon cards collecting That's them? It. <laughs> I'm looking at my son's Pokemon cards right now. <laughs> so <I'm just> like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and who doesn't like to collect? Yes. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. But it is, it is like a catch them all situation. But it, it was great because we, we took it on the road to a, a series of postgraduate recruitment fairs last autumn. And because we had so many swing tags, we call them, we could tell by which ones, we could tell the most popular topics by which ones were being scanned. So it taught us that funding and our engineering degrees were most popular with postgraduate audiences. So again, going back to that measurability and those insights, it's just fascinating. Yep. And so, so yeah, so we, I also mentioned how we gave people going out to fairs additional tools. And we also created what we call a lookbook. And what we mean by that is something much more like the fashion world. Fashion is inspiring this whole thing here. <laughs> Absolutely. The fashion and architecture. So when you think of big fashion brands and they have their autumn winter 2024 or whatever it is, you know, you have these great big books and they're beautiful photography. And we wanted to create something that gave that wonder because we had no photography at all in our little book that we wanted something there. But these were not to give away. These were, again, were tools that you would take and show. And we made those we played again with that size idea and we made these macros. So these were big, giant books. And again, so they had a bit of an impact on the stand or, or at the fair. And all of this was brought together by working closely with our photographer, Paul Tate, who's amazing, and design agency, Digitronics. And what was lovely is that everyone loved it and got it. And so it was a case of everyone coming together to, to pull the final thing out of the bag. That's incredible. So you had so the little micro prospectus with the different tags for any of your internal stakeholders that felt they needed something. Each one of these had a QR code, right? Then you have this beautiful lookbook with photography that your events folks and your your recruiters are taking to fairs, that kind of thing. Anything else that you launched as part of this whole package? Well, we in-person wise, we kind of did an in-person launch and an online launch on, on the same day. So this is like the day of the first, we call them UCAS fairs. It's basically the first big student recruitment fair in the UK. So on that day, the 1st of March, 2022, we launched in person with the lookbook and the micro prospectus itself. But we also did an amazing sort of online launch, which was like, you know, an omni-channel across social media, a post on all of our flagship channels, and just this really lovely video kind of showing it off a little bit. And it gained, gained huge traction. It kind of brought the micro prospectus to the people who couldn't be there in person, overseas audiences, people not at the fair that day. So it was like a big celebration, really. It's kind of like the best of online and um, offline all, all at once. 
Yeah, that sounds great. It sounds like a, a product launch, keeping our fashion analogy here. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, let's talk about some of the challenges then. So we kind of alluded to maybe the internal audiences being a little bit hesitant. What challenges did you face? So a key one was a technical challenge. So so we have this lovely vision of how it's all going to work in, in the future, but we weren't quite there yet with some of our technical capabilities and we're developing that as we go along. So we did have to quickly kind of stand up a form. I think this form, the data would tell us that this form is not particularly engaging. It's probably too many data fields to fill in and we're putting people off. But for me, this is all part of the learning process. And as we're developing our digital estate, we're able, we will be able to develop those things further. So there was a real technical issue. I think, Simon, again, I, I think I'd hand over to you here. There was there were some difficulties, weren't there, on with some people engaging with it? Yeah, I think I think there's always a bit of nervousness about being at a big student recruitment fair and not having the answers in your hand, just, you know, after decades of always having it with you, you know. So Fritzi, I remember like I was at a university a long time ago that went from prospectus to to sort of mini guide, which still had loads of information in, but even that got people nervous. So to go all the way down to micro level, yeah, you, you get a bit of cold feet, I guess, because there's there's a lot of questions coming at you. So I think that's probably why my immediate peers were a bit nervous. But, you know, Nicola's team did a great job at sort of explaining the benefits and explaining how we'd be armed with these tablets, you know, we'll take the internet with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, I think it also helped just seeing the concepts as in, once you've seen the the lookbook or seen the micro prospectus and been charmed by it, you kind of start to visualize it a bit better. And the lookbook is stunning. And we've touched upon this already, but people genuinely will just crowd around whilst you're showing them these sweeping, gorgeous images of our aerial views of our big green campus. And, you know, it really, really helps bring the campus to the people, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like such an experience. It's like story time. Everyone gather around. Exactly. We're <laughs> going to show you these pages. Day, it was it was like a story because how we set up the book was almost to tell the story of your life at the university. So we begin with images around the first impressions of your campus, what it's like settling into your room, and then we kind of tell the story of your first day of lectures. And then by the end of the lookbook, there are some graduation pictures. And we even have a bit where you're struggling with your essay. So you've kind of got your narrative where you've got the hero struggling and then coming out the end with their beautiful graduation story. <laughs> In higher education, it's almost impossible to truly stand out. Ology gets it. As a branding and marketing agency that focuses on education, they understand what makes you authentic is also what makes you distinct. Ology offers award-winning creative, smart strategy, innovative thinking, and expert digital marketing. Most of all, they'll help you connect with your audiences, bring your stakeholders together, and achieve the results that matter most to you. Want to find out more about how you can build a compelling brand or campaign? Visit ology.com. That's O-L-O-G-I-E dot com. And mention that Day from Talking Tactics sent you their way. So here's the thing. I feel like we need to bring the lookbook back for another episode where we're just talking about the lookbook. How does that sound? You know, it's, it's one of the companions of the micro prospectus and we're talking about the micro prospectus today, but I want to hear more about this lookbook. So I, I'm inviting you back just to talk about that. 
I love that you're mentioning, you know, the recruiters and, and the folks that go on the fairs, because as someone that has done that, and, and our li- many of our listeners are in that exact role, like that's definitely one of the greatest fears, especially when you have your newly trained recruitment officers, they don't know all the answers, like this is how you feel like you're guaranteeing that they're not giving out any misinformation, right? But the way that that you solved this that I love is that you understood that this view book is more an internal tool than it was something your audiences wanted or needed at the time or in that way. And I think that's what's really important for our listeners. Really think about who's resisting and why and, and how we can better equip those folks with the information they need without necessarily being tied to printing 100,000 copies of a 60-page book. So that's really smart. User-centric. I think that's it. I think if you were just thinking about ourselves, it, it wouldn't be a goer. But as ever, it's the user need and they need accurate information. And the risk with a prospectus that lasts the whole year is that the moment you hit print, it might become out of date. It's also a lot more, it's quite limited. I mean, it's essentially paper, isn't it? Like, whereas with a web page, once you get them on there, you can throw in audio and video and, and links to, to more relevant content. And it's just also infinitely more accessible. I just think that the advantages of getting them to the website are overwhelming really much more so than a book so essentially what we've done is taken a big signposting document and made it uh, made it small and memorable and keepable and it does its job it gets people to where they'll find the most accurate timely beautifully presented information so i love how you said it does its job let's talk about that it's time to talk results i can't wait to hear So tell us everything. What did you notice? What metrics changed? What was the feedback? We already talked about the environmental impact. So that was huge. And and those figures were per year. And we're now in our second year. So, you know, we're doubling that. So it is a really significant environmental impact. And similarly, the costs, the costs are phenomenal in terms of, I mean, we're giving too much away. We're, We're approaching half a million pounds savings in the next six months. And that's that's a lot of money. And that's just in the costs. That's not in staff time. If you think how much time it takes to pull together a prospectus, going back and forth and checking and all the rest of it. So it, it's, it is intense. So and really, really brilliant uh, metrics there. In terms, obviously, that would be worth nothing if it wasn't performing, but it was performing. So we saw a substantial boost in our engagement metrics with around 17,000 visits alone from the QR code to our website. So that was a huge jump. And that's, again, been for two years. The leads are more disappointing, but I think that's because I talked about our, our lead capture mechanism is not up to scratch. And I think that will improve once you can authenticate through your Facebook and your or Google or whatever. So we're looking to improve that. But we also noticed a halo effect around our website. So in that year, and this was surprising for me because it was post-pandemic and people were around, they weren't maybe so reliant on digital channels. But just after the pandemic, when people started coming back and visiting, we saw a huge um, leap in our a website interaction and so that sort of halo effect for our student recruitment all in all that was pretty good in terms of the actual performance and, and then we did get accolades from other areas didn't we Simon as well so it was quite nice to get our peers <laughs> yeah that's it we got praise from kind of sector peers and obviously like the students and the parents that we've already spoken about but also kind of just marketing peers there's this LinkedIn 
um, profile called Famous Campaigns, and they they championed us, and they're not even HE specific, but it was just get, great to get that recognition. And he uh, is like he 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 did a really love tweet about how good it was and how their 17 year old spent all day at a recruitment fair, and the only piece of marketing they came home with was our micro prospectus. And he was like an editor of this very famous travel magazine that has been a a, a big that has a big readership in the UK. And we're like, wow, even like these leading kind of editors who produce print are, are praising us. So we were just chuffed to bits, really. One thing that I really like about it is its replicability, if you like. It's almost given permission for others to do this. So we have seen a huge increase in, in people going down this route. And that is all the better for the planet, because it's not just us that we're producing all this print. It's all of the other higher education and non-HE institutions. So we've seen a number of people who've been influenced by our campaign and they produce their own. Some people call it a pocket prospectus. Some people just call it a micro prospectus. Some people have done other things with a kind of a credit card type approach. And it's just been really, really gratifying to see because that is all to the good. Yeah. And like that, this is exactly why I, I desperately wanted you two to come on the show. It's one, I've had this same kind of goal my whole career and I never could do it. But if the University of Nottingham can do it, anyone can do it. I mean, everyone should follow your example um, because, you know, it's working and it's true. The more schools that do this, the better it is for everyone. And it isn't something I, I love that you're not afraid of anyone stealing your idea or anything like that. I just love that. So talk to me about what you learned in the first year that you are changing for the second year? So the first thing we learned was that we thought we were being uh, really uh, green and sustainable. And as soon as we published it, a few people noted that we had a little ball chain on the first iteration. And that was so you could put the tags on. And we loved this idea. And also, I think it was influenced by one of the um, luxury clothing things that we saw. And and it's a lovely design feature, but actually it's not that sustainable. So the first thing we did in the next iteration was change that to a kind of a hemp tag so that that is entirely biodegradable and sustainable. It's not, you know, not taking uh, huge amounts of resources to produce. So that was the first thing we did. We started to roll out more of the tags. So we tested those at open days to see how they would go down. And they went down really well. We, we learned that we needed somewhere to display some something better to display these in other than just sort of sitting as they were. Uh, I can show you on the screen, Dave, but it's not helping our listeners. So we explored standard perspects of things that you would get with a business card, but they're perspects, so that's not any good. So now we've gone down the route of, again, we're looking for some sort of more either recyclable card or what would you call that type of wood, that fast growing wood. Anyway, we're looking at that at the moment as well. And we've got a prototype in development. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> we're, we're literally showing images this morning about that. So yeah, we're always, always iterating. And, and, and another thing that we did was we took the lookbook and did create a digital version. So it's kind of, it, it gets its debut at recruitment fairs, but then if people are willing to kind of engage with us and leave some details, they do get sent like a digital version, almost like a, a keepsake. So again, al- always learning really to, yeah, take take online offline and take offline online. Yeah. And, and that's what I love about this tactic. You know, you didn't fully go in one direction or the other, right? It's just a better mix that's serving your audiences. You still kept the tactile printed keepsake 
thing, but there's a whole digital enterprise behind it, supporting it. So you don't have to go all the way in to digital and no paper at all. You just have to think about what your audiences actually want and need, right? Indeed. Just one last audience we haven't mentioned actually is our agents. So I'm sure other colleges that, that listen to this podcast will be using agents to recruit. And so we did print a slightly smaller um, lookbook that would fit in um, one of our traveling salespeople's uh, luggage that would we would leave with our agents. And we personalize that for each for each agent so that it was like the partnership between us and them so that they could show international students the same images that we were sharing at our UK fairs. So, yeah, again, it was about segmenting all our different audiences and trying to understand their needs and how best to meet them. And, and then you create something that actually serves them ex- instead of this huge book that sort of helps some people, right? <laughs> Thank you so, so much, Nick and Simon, for sharing this tactic with us. Uh, is there any place online where our listeners, who I'm sure are now dying to see this, where they can go and take a look at what it all looks like? Well, they can uh, they can Google microprospectus and it will come up with a video, um, <laughs> uh, and they can sign up and they will get the lookbook. Yes, go ahead, <laughs> Simon, <everyone>. is. <laughs> I think that's probably the best thing to do. It's on YouTube, the video, but also just Google it and you it will you will come up. Yeah, absolutely. And if people want to reach out to you too and ask questions, is that okay? Can they do that? Of course, of course. Where do yes. you want them to reach you? So as for me, they reach me at Nottingham on my Nottingham email, which is nicola.anderton at nottingham.ac.uk. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm simon.fairbanks at nottingham.ac.uk or LinkedIn is good too. Perfect. Well, I suspect you will get some questions because I think there's lots of us out there that just really want to do something about this viewbook slash prospectus and haven't been able to. <laughs> And we just need someone to say, yep, this is how, and help us convince our bosses. Right? I think Absolutely. so. Well, the, 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 the numbers always help. The numbers <laughs> the help. The money numbers help. The money numbers help. <laughs> think about where else you can invest all that saving. Hmm. Hmm. Exactly. Well, you can just use it to make the website stronger, more agile, more personal. Exactly. You know. <laughs> Anything else. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you both so, so much. That's the end of our episode today. I'll say this as parting words. There is a time and a place and a purpose for print. And I think especially about some of the audiences that have restricted access to internet, uh, there is definitely a purpose of a printed view book or prospectus in that case. Uh, What I want you to think about and what I want you to question is if it's the right approach for everyone instead of maybe taking the approach Nick and and Simon took where they really thought about different audiences and what the best tool would be that served them. Thank you all for listening to Talking Tactics. If you try what you heard today, or if you've got a tactic of your own to share, I definitely want to hear it. So find me on LinkedIn by searching for my name, Diana Kibilds. That's D-A-Y-A-N-A-K-I-B-I-L-D-S. And if you're enjoying Talking Tactics, please rate and review the show because there's nothing I love more than a good grade and positive reinforcement. Finally, if you just can't get enough of good podcasts, the Enrollified Podcast Network delivers with an amazing selection of other marketing and admissions-focused podcasts 
just for you. Go show them some love. See you next time. Thank you.